Welcome back to the Rec Center. He's Jack Ferris. I'm Lindsay Joy. And Jack, this is by far the best week of the calendar year. However, it's really all about like biding time and getting to tip off of the NCAA tournament. So like these are kind of a crucial for content days because you have to entertain yourself when you know the best days are ahead. Am I correct on that? Yeah, I've already spent, God, yesterday, what did I do? I watched the full Titus and Tate hour of them going through the entire bracket. Um, Mark Titus looks good, too, by the way. I'm not a hair person. I don't like that much hair. But I will say I he was in person at one of the tournaments we were at, and I was like, oh, I didn't know he was attractive. All right, good for him. Like, I, I hadn't yeah. seen him before, and I was like, oh, sure, yeah. I don't think I've seen him in years. Definitely not since he left the ringer, so at least, at least a year and a half. Anywho... And oh, um, um, Tate looks just kind of like a doofus, which is like a, a good, a good yin and a yang. Cause it was, if it was two really attractive guys, it'd be off putting, but, but <laughs> now, mean, but also I'm not going to argue. No, I've watched all that. I've watched Jay Billis pick each region. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, I'm sure pretty soon we're going to be watching the dogs pick. Wait. Did games. you watch? I watched Titus' dog, dog pick game. That made yes. me want a dog so bad. And I already want one and it just made it so but much he, worse. Like, he I'm here. His right, he well, picked his right hand every time. So his I know, dog was it, flawed. Moses. I don't care. I'm, I'm just, I am. It's so cliche and it's been done a million times. And I don't really want like the turtles at the SeaWorld, whatever. But like, I'm here for your dog picking the bracket content. Like, I will watch all of those. Yeah. Well, of course. Well, like you said, selection sunday is such a tease and then it's usually four days now it's five whole days you know rest of sunday monday tuesday wednesday thursday until we get actual basketball games and no i'm not counting the first four and i think i'm in the vast majority of not counting the first four as the start of the tournament so yeah anything college basketball anything with a flashy headline that would get clicks like um the three reasons why michigan won't make it past the sweet 16 you know, I'm clicking on that. I'm like, ooh, ooh, tell me why. Yeah. So all kind. Um, so yeah, I'm a sucker for all those. It really is. It's like kid on Christmas morning times four. And usually with the first four games, so like the the play-in games, we get those on, t- on an, in a normal non-COVID year, we'd get those on Tuesday. So even though it's not really the start of the tournament, you at least get to watch basketball on Tuesday. We have the just extra challenge this year of filling Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, with no basketball at all. And then of course we get the first four on Thursday and then the good stuff starts Friday. So we are here to give you things to pass the time. We're sorry. We're a day late, but hopefully we can give you some entertaining things to watch in the next couple of days. And then you get to that, that you're on this high of games from Friday to Monday. And then you get to Tuesday and you're like, what do I watch? So that's what we're here for. Right. Mm -hmm. Do you want me to start this week? Sure, Do you have any other, any, any other basketball thoughts? This is not your college um, podcast, but obviously it's like a deep passion of mine. So, Any other basketball thoughts? No, you- I'm, I'm interested to see. I'm hoping that the powers that be at Turner took a note or a page out of the NBA book and they make watching these games on TV really cool uh, because think- they've had plenty of time because the NBA bubble crushed it. And I, I understand there's a lot more moving parts with making – so for those of you who are, don't know what I'm talking about, which I'm sure a lot of our listeners don't know what I'm talking about. The NBA bubble had it set up. So there was like fans at home watching, but then there was like TV screens off. So it looked, it, it was like a fun environment, even though if from the other angle, it probably looked completely ridiculous. There's just cameras on one side, but 
as far as it looked aesthetically pleasing on TV. I'm hoping we're not just looking at a big empty gym with tarps on the seats, which we, if, if we are fine, but I hope they've had plenty of time to jazz it up TV wise. I think the Big Ten tournament, which was in Indianapolis, by the way, was kind of a trial run for this. And I would say the only the biggest difference between the NBA was they were dealing with zero fans like they got to let some family, a couple family members in to the bubble at some point, but they had no fans at all. And I think the NCAA is taking advantage of the fact that they do have like a few thousand people. So capacities obviously depend on which gym they're playing these games in, but they're actually going to have. I think the final four is like 10 to 15,000 people, which and I bet it goes up from there. I bet they're I, well, that's the, the number the now. Numbers, I don't think, I don't know that they're going to change that. The numbers are super wishy-washy because I don't think they want to have to say a number. And then when they, in two, three weeks, when cases are looking even better and especially in Indiana, they don't want to toss on an extra 10 grand and be, you know, look like the bad guys. I think they want to be flexible on the number that they're, they're putting out there. Yeah, I've heard. I mean, I've heard numbers. I've heard twenty percent, and I've heard I think ten to twelve thousand people. But it, that also includes teams, people, just the people that it takes to put on this tournament. So that's in like I've been in Lucas Oil. It's you know big. It's a seventy thousand foot seat stadium, yeah. I think ish. Um, so it'll be spread out, and it'll still be weird. That weird like football, basketball, and a football um, stadium feeling is always weird. So this year will probably be extra weird. Yeah, it's you just feel so far from it. Like I was close at the final four, and I felt so far from the actual I, floor. So I was with you. I, oh uh, yeah, we were on the. Oh, whoops, <laughs> just kidding. Your depth perception is just super off. Mm-hmm. You're like on the ground floor. If maybe you're like six feet above the floor, but you're, God, you're like a full basketball court away from the baseline. If that makes sense. So yeah. if somebody puts up a shot, you have no idea if it's going in. It's just and beyond you. That's part of why I'm normally a watch at home person. But there is just something about like historic moments for your team if they are to happen, and just being able to be there. So. We will see. Um, last question. Are you picking Gonzaga to win in all of your brackets? Because with Gonzaga fans in all these bracket pools together, it's actually an advantage financially. Yeah. No, I, not I rare, so where are you at I, with that? I rarely pick Gonzaga. Oh, what? But, okay. But this I year. can't remember the last time I picked Gonzaga. I probably won't pick him. Wow. Yeah. Controversial. I'll probably, pick, I'll probably pick Illinois or Baylor. Illinois. Yeah. Okay. I won't. I'll probably pick Zags to go to the, the Natty. But yeah, just like you said. What's the point of me picking? Okay, obviously, best case scenario, Zags win, and then we, I'm yeah. looking at like I'm looking at like a ten way split of my bracket. Blah blah blah. Zags lose, I still have a chance to win my bracket. Hell yeah, I'll I'll hedge that pat that bet all day. Yeah, the payoffs better be worth it though because we need all the juju we can get. All right, moving on to the content that you will be enjoying in between games. Um, this month, this, these few weeks. So I will start. And this is a show that you have not heard of. And it was the classic Netflix thing where I had not heard of it until it dropped. And it's called The One. It is pretty high up on the Netflix top 10. It's going to be bouncing around whatever time you're listening to this. I'm sure it's still there. They tweeted on Friday, I think it when it dropped and said, like, if you like Black Mirror... Oh my gosh, what are the other ones? Hang it's, the DJ. Well, well, they didn't say if you like Hang the DJ, but that's what they're referencing. So there's a Black Mirror episode called Hang the DJ, and it's basically this futuristic dating situation where it's like, what if in the future you date by this little machine telling you how long your relationships are going to last and like who you're actually going to be with? So it takes all the choice and all the thought out of dating because you just look at your little handheld like Alexa, essentially, 
and Alexa tells you, you're going to be with this person for three months. And so then your brain already knows going into it. And that's sort of what this show is. Um, also, I recommend you watch Hang the DJ because it's good. So anyway, they tweeted that the show existed that I did not know existed. And it's it's interesting. There are definitely flaws with it, but overall it's really entertaining. And I really do. There's some stuff with that I recommend that I'm like, Jack, you will not like this, but I do think you will like, you like Hang the DJ, right? Yeah, I, I love Hang the DJ. Yeah. It's one of the, it's one of the few episodes of Dark Mirror where you walk away feeling good about your life. Black Mirror. Um, what did I say? Dark Mirror? Yeah, same thing. Yeah, same thing. So with that, it is one of the more like realistic. So I Black Mirror, I love the entire history of you where you think about like, oh, that would be so cool. Like if I was in a fight to be able to. No, my the entire oh. history of you is a horror movie. The oh, entire history of you is horrifying. But wouldn't you like to live in that for like a week? Oh, yeah. I mean, but um, arguments would n be non-existent. I know, but I love you that. Just, I love, I love. No more arguments. I love objective truth and being right. And like in an argument, being able to have a right and a wrong. And that's what the entire history of you is like. You're like, oh, you didn't think you said this? Let's replay this. So I love that concept. And it's it's like that where hang the DJ, you're like, what if the world was like this? And so that's very much what the one is it's a it's um I, I care a lot i care a lot not i care too much it is that same female anti-hero girl boss billionaire woman who has risen to the top but like also has obviously murdered some people along the way like it's that same vibe that's a hot vibe right now promising young woman it is well it. is she a billionaire no she's not a billionaire uh, i don't and i i'm saying this woman's a billionaire i don't know what her actual net worth is but she is at the top of this company it, she's supposed to be like Mark Zuckerberg. They literally use the phrase move fast and break things, which is the Facebook phrase. So they do not hide the fact that they're basically trying to say that like Facebook is the root of all evil and these people are just so power hungry. The The symbol for the one, which is what the company is called, looks like a power button. And I don't know if that's just some very obvious commentary on the fact that like all these people care about ultimately is power and not love. So she runs a website company called The One, and you send your DNA in, whether you're married, whether you're single and looking or whatever, you send your DNA in. And then if your perfect match has also sent their DNA, it tells you. And it could be someone who like lives in a foreign country, doesn't speak your language. It could be, if you're a woman, it could be a woman. Like it's just, it's, they, it's, they use science to figure out how to match people. And they think that every single, like all 7 billion of us, 3.5 even pairs, everyone has a match. And that's what the show, the premise of the show, but then things go awry because the way that she founded the company wasn't legit there. Like I said, there's a murder involved. So like a lot of the story is police trying to solve this murder and is she going to get caught in all of these things? So there's a lot going on. It's not a perfect show, but it's interesting enough to keep you going. And I do think overall I was entertained and it was kind of that perfect, like pass the time with something you enjoy while we're waiting for the tournament to start. So it's eight episodes. I, it's not a limited series, I think, because there was a little bit of a, I feel like they were setting up a season two, but I don't know if there is going to be a season two. Um, so Yeah. There's a, I have a lot of questions. Like there are some fundamental problems with it, but overall, I definitely recommend this show. Oh, they um they show Tenerife a lot. You, that song Ed Sheeran song Tenerife Sea. Do you know that song? 
I'm sure I'd know it if I heard it. That's how me and modern music, I don't know any titles. Titles. Um, the Tenerife Sea looks just beautiful. There's a lot of scenes there and I would like to go there. Also, um Oh, it's a it's an actual sea. I don't know. I mean, I think it's just like off the coast of Tenerife is an island, which is Spanish, but very close to Africa. I like I Googled Tenerife. it because I was like T-E-N-E-R-I-F-E. And I don't know if like the water there is called the Tenerife oh, Sea. Yeah. It's a Spanish island. Yeah. I don't know. Literally, the sad, this is sad, but the only reason I know what it is is because of Ed Sheeran. And it just looks beautiful in this show. Very, um, very beautiful scenes there. Um, I, yeah, I just recommend you watch it. It's, it's flawed, but entertaining. And I think people are going to like it. Um, and obviously they do because it did. Netflix used to do this thing where they would kind of wait to serve you shows like that. And it's already in the top 10. And it's definitely, I'm surprised your algorithm algorithm has not served it to you yet oh i'm sure it has i've probably just overlooked it i it it looks like bumble right the icon yeah i mean it's it's a dating app like it's not because it's more complicated than that but it's essentially supposed to be like a bumble tinder but instead of you choosing it takes the choice out of it for you and it says your perfect match is like this person and it could be a married person and then you're just sol so Oh, it's it's among the Canary Islands. That's why we don't. It's not like near Ibiza. It's not like it's not like near those party islands. But it's closer to. Oh, I, yes, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, yeah, again, it's, it's straight up in the North Atlantic. Looks looks very beautiful, and yeah, just an aspirational part of the show. All right, what is your first rec? Uh, should we do Kid Ninety? Wait, because I have two of your the same that you have. We will do Kid Ninety. Um, I have one more thing that I just remembered about the one. Okay. Have you noticed this trend of people in Netflix shows watching TV and movies on their laptop? I watch more teeny stuff than you do. So in to all the boys I've loved before this happens, he comes over to hang out and they are instead of like, let's watch a movie, turn on the TV they put their laptop on the coffee table and they watch something. Yeah, it's then, weird. then in Ginny and Georgia, that happened as well. And I was like, maybe this is just how the teens watch movies and TV. They don't turn on the TV. They just watch it on their laptop. But then in this movie, the billion, the billionaire lady did the same thing. And I don't know if it has to do with Netflix not wanting to show another show. Like I, Emily and Paris are somebody like watched a different Netflix show which could get complicated if anything is ever sold to a different like IP. So if someone ever buys something on, off Netflix, I'm I'm sure staging purposes, like shooting the act, <laughs> shooting the actual scene, and it's a ton. It's a lot easier logistically to have the 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 characters just watching the laptop because then you can you can shoot it from all angles. Like on TV, yeah, I get it. Like it, it's more realistic, but. You also then have to hire some fake newscaster to do, and I always hate those. You know what yeah. I mean? I, I actually love those. Like a, <laughs> you have to do a production within a production kind of thing. I worked with people in news where I was like, you shouldn't be in news, but you should play a newscaster on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, it is such a weird trend. And again, like this billionaire woman obviously has like a 75 inch TV, whatever. And she's sitting here watching something on her laptop with her like match or whatever. So I just, it it is now something I will like, 
be annoyed with because I see it so much. And I just think it's a trend where I'm like, are we all doing this? Are the teens doing this? And I'm just too old to know that that's how people watch TV now. I usually have a couple of screens going at once. Like I'll have something, I'll have some, some YouTube thing that I like. And then on my laptop, I'll have like a Warriors game. The entirety of not the entirety, 70% of the TV I watch is so that I can do stuff on my laptop Mm -hmm. while I'm watching it. So if I put on The Bachelor, I'm working on my laptop or I'm doing something mm-hmm. on, on my laptop, but The Bachelor is on. I'm all for having a laptop as a second screen, but I'm saying this is first screen entertainment and I just don't understand. Okay. Mm-hmm. Kid 90, you go first. Yeah. I mean, I was super intrigued by it. This is just one generation removed from us. She's 12 years older and she's like the youngest of the group for the most part. Um, I grew up knowing who Punky Brewster was, although I think the last episode aired in like 1988, but it was still like around the culture when we were coming of age, like Punky Brewster was referred to. Uh, and then she fell off the face of the earth. All of these actors like that 90210 actor who tried to be a rapper and talked about how that was the first time he realized people don't like him. Brian Austin Green. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that was cool and the potential was there, but it was really just a little self-serving and just kind of a love letter to her younger self. And look, I mean, Punky Brewster is about to have a reboot on Peacock. So the, it's not a coincidence that this kid 90 documentary came out. If we had explored, I, I don't think I'm ruining any of this. A big theme is suicide in the documentary. Uh, Cause it's alarming how many of her friends took their own life. And she, she's just kind of like brushes it off. She was like, yeah, I wish I talked to him more. And then, and like, that's it. And then like, we move on to the next guy who committed suicide. Um, it's fine. It's just kind of meh. There's not really a climax. The Charlie Sheen thing is weird. He, she kind of glorifies Charlie Sheen for being like an older booty call. Um, she's married by the time she's 22. And so how much real life experience can you have? Cause she talks about all these guys she dated. She was in love with this guy. She was in love with that guy. She was in love with one of the dudes from house of pain, which was awesome. But <laughs> she was like, she must've been 17 by the time they broke up. Uh, so it's just, it feels, it feels like an incomplete documentary. I'd love to explore more or I'd love for her to have a couple more episodes, to, but only if there's like substantive things only if it's worth exploring because all these guys that she was around had really interesting lives uh, during the nineties. And she's just kind of like, Oh yeah, well, stay off drugs. I'm a virgin. Um, you know, I'm just waiting for the right guy, which is fine and dandy, but I don't know, it, it just kind of left me wanting more. I was, I was bored. By the way, waiting for the right guy. The right guy was Charlie Sheen because, as is discussed, that's who took her yeah. virginity. Which is weird. So. so you could tell in two parts. You could tell when she did like her initial interview, she didn't want to give up Charlie Sheen's name. Mm-hmm. But then after the fact, she was. They were like, "We should do it," and she says, "Okay," because they like clearly show you that it's Charlie Sheen. She's talking about it, and she doesn't name him. But they play voicemails over the top of it with, "It's hey, it's Charlie or Charles." He calls himself Charles. Um, and so, and they, in like in the subtitles, it says Charlie Sheen. Hey, it's Charles. So, yeah. and he's like 15 years older than her and maybe not yeah. 15, but double I digits. Think, I think he was, he's a Mondo star at that point. He is a huge star. Yeah. She's like, Oh, we just went to Yankees games. I think she was 18 and he was 29 or something of that ballpark. Um, 
No Yankees pun intended. There, I you he, I said, mean, he had he had done Major League. He had done uh, Greed, Wall Street. Yeah, uh, he was as big as he's going to get. Platoon. So you said their potential was there and like ultimately it was just disappointing. You're watching it in the beginning and she has all these great videos and she actually says, I recorded all this. She recorded not only, she didn't only save her voicemail tapes, like what was left on her voicemail, but she recorded phone calls. Like there was a phone call recorded, which I don't even think that's legal in the state of California, but whatever that's, it wasn't incriminating. It wasn't anything. I was just like, that's weird. So she had all these tapes, all these voicemails and she She's like, I locked him away in a vault and I just haven't opened it since. And she magically decides to open it when there's the Punky Brewster reboot that's coming out. Like it oh, is very, so it just so happens. Yeah, it is. It is very obvious in that way that that's like why it was done. That's not to say the videos and things aren't interesting, but, and you said like the, the men around her had interesting lives. Like she had a very interesting life. Yeah. There's, there's also another layer to this, which is the way she was treated with like the punky boopster thing. Like she had surgery, a breast reduction surgery at the age of 15, which Mm -hmm. is insane that she felt that she had to do that. But I mean, do what you have to do, but she was 15 years old. I don't even know if a doctor should be operating on somebody who's that young. Uh, But the, the like how the media treated her and how people treated her, if that happened now, it would be a much different story. So it's the same thing with like, when we look back and we're like, we were unfair to Britney. We were unfair to the, you know, these women, like it's, there's that layer of it as well, but it's stuff where it's touched on and then not, not expanded on. So that was five minutes of it. And then like the, her friends who committed suicide were five minutes of it and all these little things. But ultimately it's just about her life. Like she is the star of this, which is fine because she definitely had an interesting upbringing, but then she goes to college at the age of 18 and there is not a single thing about what she did from 18 or 22 when she graduated until now. Like she's just been doing voice work, like voice work in movies. And there's no like what she did. I mean, you said she got married. Like she has four kids whose names are like poet and lyric, by the way. Um, but I mean, her name's Soleil Moonfry. So I guess that works. But there's just it doesn't like it's it's a memoir of her life but it skips 30 years or 20 something years so there's this huge chunk missing it's really just this like review of what happened from the age for her of 13 to 18 and then hey this is me now and she's like reflecting back on on all these things but yeah it just there are large chunks missing for sure that would have made it maybe more interesting um, but yeah, part of it too, they just expect you to like love the fact that there's all these appearances from Brian Austin Green and all these people that she was friends with. It's like, oh, look at Steven Dorf. Like, look at him now, you know, um, where are they now type of stuff. So just wasn't that interesting. Yeah. Again, I, none of a ton of that. I know who Steven Dorf is. I know who Celio Moonfry is. I honestly, I honestly only know who Celio Moonfry is from the VH1's I Love the 80s. Remember that? But she was like a big she was like a big talking head. I do think if we were mid 70s babies, if we were like born between 74 to 80, it would resonate with us a little bit more because all these kids that are no longer with us that have died, I had to like look them up and I was like, "Oh, okay." And I like recognized kind of them, but I I didn't have a relationship with them, you know? So I I'm trying to think of who would be 
the childhood star that we would connect with. Well, we talked about this, the the Mickey Mouse Club documentary that you watched. Oh, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. this is the- Even other... they're a little bit older. Even they're a little bit older than us. They're like five years older than us. Well, if you want like a true, I'm trying to think, Taylor Swift's two years younger than us, year and a half younger than us. Um, I'm going to oh. say a true celebrity who was like truly our age. Um, who's somebody born in, I'm trying to think of our exact year, but so- The High School Musical gang? No, we're way older than them. No, we're not. We're old. We're the, uh, what's his name is a year older than us. Zach Efron is older than us. Zach Efron. Vanessa yeah. Hudgens might be our age. Um, let's, we're going to Google how old Zach Efron is. But moral of the story, I actually don't think it's the timing that we didn't resonate with. I don't think it's the fact that it was, you know, people that are like an older generation than us. I think it just didn't resonate because it just wasn't a very good documentary. No, I, then, I agree. I just thought it was going to be a lot more entertaining. I am always, oh yeah, he's um, he's like three months older than me. Zach Efron older is older. He's I also did, shorter than me. They were onto something when one of the dudes was talking about, yeah, Salil always had a, a camera on her and that it was like 1993. So nobody was, nobody like had their camera face on or nobody like, uh, yeah nobody 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 uh gawked at her intentions or questioned Wait. her intentions as to what she was going to do with the with the material was it mark paul gossler was he was saved by the bell was zach morris in this who was yeah that was him i think he was the one that was making the point so i, th I think he was because he actually made a really good point which was that like if a flash goes off in public now and you're mark paul gossler you're like oh no where is this going to go was i doing something within what that was I frame just doing? Yeah, yeah yeah and it was a different time it was a very different time because nobody was like oh this is going to end up on twitter all these people who were super famous and super rich were like, that video is never going to go anywhere because like no one's going to sell it to paparazzi or anything. Um, I am older than Vanessa Hutchins, by the way. Okay. So high school musical, I don't really know that that would resonate with me because we didn't really, we were, we didn't watch that stuff, but I don't think it's the age that didn't resonate. I think the documentary itself was just disappointing. And yeah, um, it got, a, it got, it got like really favorable reviews too. So I was like, because I, I had my my doubts when I saw the preview. I was like, oh, this is just Punky Brewster talking about her teen years. And then uh, it got decent reviews. And I'm surprised. It's, it's not very good. No, it's not. All right. Um, my So that was my second rec, which is a non-rec from both of us. Um, my third rec is quick. I paid for a movie. It's called oh. The Silk Road. Silk Road? The Silk Road? Oh, hell yeah. So have you? did you ever read the book? Uh, no, but I know it's, it's, um, the story's crazy the stories here. It's based out of San Francisco, right? The yes. dude uh, had his shop in San Francisco. Yes. It's a tech sort of based documentary. So the book is called American Kingpin by Nick Bilton, who I've actually talked about before on this podcast, because he's the one that did this, um, the social media HBO documentary that I don't think you have watched, but I still think you should watch social dilemma. No, no, no. On HBO, social, social animals. Uh -oh. Um, oh my gosh, I recommended it a few weeks ago and now I'm blanking on the name, but it's the one where they take three people and they make them Instagram famous. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, I don't, no, I I'm forgetting that. the name, but he did that documentary. He also wrote a book about Ross Ulbricht, I believe is how you pronounce his last name, Ulbricht, Ulb something, um, who was basically this 20 something in 2011 was when this really went live and he created a part of the dark web where you could buy and sell anything you want so you could buy and sell drugs so instead of having to in his mind he's just essentially like a libertarian and 
he thinks that, you know, government shouldn't like impede on those things. And instead of having to go to the corner to buy some drugs, you can just go on your computer, do it safely, do it safely on your computer and it gets sent to your mm-hmm. house and you're taking out the danger of like a drug deal gone bad or anything like that. So you're taking some sketchiness out of it. Obviously the idea was interesting, but then if you can buy and sell anything you want, there was like guns and ammo and that kind of stuff being sold. And it got, you know, shadier and shadier as time went on. But part of the really interesting thing. So the movie's called Silk Road. Um, Nick Robinson is the star and he's the one from a teacher, um, a show I have recommended. And I think I'm still the only person who watched, um, but he's really good in it. The movie. So I paid five 99. Um, I paid it on Amazon. I do think this movie Silk Road is streaming everywhere by the way i don't even know if we said this but kid 90s on hulu i don't know if we address that um so Road, i think is streaming it's one of those things like how you paid for freaky and um promising young woman i think it's like that where you can get it wherever you get your movies it's not on netflix obviously but then you just have to pay for it so here's my recommendation wait until this movie is free and then watch it because it's a good movie i'm not mad that i spent five dollars on it but it's also i don't think it's worth five dollars i think that eventually this movie will just be streaming for free and then you should watch it because it's good it's a really interesting story the movie itself is fine like the filmmaking is not going to knock your socks off but how this started and what happened with this story is just insane um and it's also interesting there's they reference a gawker article which r.i.p i don't think gawker exists anymore um there's a part in the movie where, cause it's, so it's completely based on a true story. And there's a part in the movie where he talks to like a Gawker reporter. That article was published in 2011 and it is still online. So you can go on and read like what essentially what Gawker published about this website. And it talks about Bitcoin. Like it was way ahead of its time. So there's just stuff where you're like, oh wow, this in a way like predicted the future. Um, so it's, it's a really interesting story. I, the book is on my list to read. I'm sure it's a great book. Um, but I watched the movie first, which is probably the wrong order of events. And yeah, I recommend it once it's free. (laughs) I'll keep an eye on it and I'll shout out to everyone when it becomes, um, free. If you are looking for something interesting, like it's not the worst $5 I've spent. So, um, yeah, it's a wild story. Crazy story. Yeah. Oh, the guy that Ross. Just like really smart, also really dumb at the same time and made some interesting choices. And I really like the actor. I will pretty much watch him in anything, but um, yeah. Jason Clark. Nick Robinson. Who's Jason Clark? Jason Clark plays the cop. Oh yeah. So yeah, there's a DA. So it's kind of the two classic, like the hunter and the hunted story. Cat and mouse, if you will. There you go. Cat and mouse. Um, where you also are seeing the DEA agent who was, you know, trying to get this guy um, for what he was doing. And he is again, also smart and also dumb. And he uh, did some pretty crazy, pretty crazy things to um, catch old, old Nick Robinson. So good movie, not a great movie, but it is a great story for sure. Also maybe just read the book. Um, That's, I'm recommending a book I haven't read, but maybe do that too. If you're looking for, for an interesting read, uh, what is your third rec? Uh, my second rec, <clears throat> I no. got two more to go. Oh, Cause we, oh. we, we shared oh, kid well, 90. 
That was okay. my first one. I messed that up, but I have watched one of your wrecks. So what is your second wreck? You've watched two of my wrecks. Um, do you want to do hoops? That's always. Let's do hoops then. Uh, last chance you. I've only seen one episode, but I I feel last chance you literate enough to know to know where it's going, and I dig it. Uh, what's you always need characters for this stuff to work, and this this one's got characters. You have the the JC coach, who it's funny because I don't mean to sound I don't want to sound negative. This isn't a negative podcast, but he talks about you know it's his alma mater, and he joined. He took the job what like four or five years ago, something like that, and he was making like fifteen grand for just to be the coach mm -hmm. and he was like i could have gone other places but i wanted you know i knew i could win here i could be a winner here and i'm like could you have gone other places would you have gone other places if you had other offers you probably would have but it i mean he's he's turned it's east la college yes Lindsay's hand is in the air you can ask i just question. would like to defend him i do think that part of it is he could go elsewhere now so when he, he first got for sure the athletic director they have a pay bump though since he's been successful. Yes. Did you get to the part where he teaches a spin class? Oh no, that's it's great. great. Though. It's amazing video. I loved it. It's it's a quick 30 second clip, but it, I just fully enjoyed it so much. Um, I think part of it, and I because I remember that exact thing he was talking about. The athletic director was basically like, We were looking at a few other coaches, and then this coach, who it was his first head coaching job. So he ultimately did take this job to get a foot in the door. I do think he could easily go elsewhere now. And he has probably entertained other offers at this point. But when he first got the job, he probably didn't have any other offers. But I, I got the sense he was saying, I could leave for bigger and better, but I don't want to because I'm committed to these kids. That that was what I... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Neither here, neither. I, you, the egos on these coaches always is is entertaining to me. Uh, and I mean, you have to have an ego to be competitive in just about any industry, especially that industry. But for, yeah, anyway, I, I'm not sure what point I'm trying to make, but it does feel like every coach has, has this story to tell where it's like, I went the, I went, I took the hard road intentionally. You know, I did, I didn't want to make any money. Screw money. Money's for the losers. Okay, I want to say a quick thing, though, because the coaches of Last Chance to are a big... So this is a football series, and this is now... Um, this is the first... It's called Last Chance to Basketball because it's the first season they've done with the basketball team. And the challenge of that, by the way, is with a football team, I don't know what JC rosters are, but say you've got 90 guys on a junior college roster. You yeah, have right. 90 guys to choose from you know, for these great stories, for these great characters. So I think one of the challenges with basketball is you've got 15. And you just have to hope that they are good enough to to make a show. And I would argue, I'm I'm a, a little further than you, but the I think they did a great job of of finding a team with great stories, great characters. The, you want to say something on the football side of things? You say there's a the depth charts ninety kids, right? Which is probably close to accurate. They're not going after the kids that aren't playing though, so they pretty much have twenty two kids to choose from. Yeah. There maybe maybe a backup point guard or a backup quarterback they'll go after or a running back who was promised run and he's not getting so much run. But for the most part, they're 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 highlighting starters, you know? They're not getting fair. But also the, 
all the all the guys on this so far, you know, if your rotation is nine guys, like they all these guys that um we're seeing are are pretty heavily like in the rotation. Anyway, what I want to say about the coaches is Last Chance You is kind of famous for having these horrible coaches where the first, so the beginning of the second season of Last Chance You, so back at East Mississippi, um, the first season was this huge breakout. And the beginning of the second season is that coach being like, I've had to think long and hard about myself as a person. Like, I don't know if he went to therapy, but I'm pretty sure he went to therapy because there was a backlash. It was like, hey, this is an amazing show. This coach is crossing the line over and over again. And there was definitely a sense of like, okay, you're a tough guy, but you're, you've gone way too far with things. The next coach they got when they went to Kansas has, that man has been canceled. Like he had a ton of problems. There was a text message. He's, he's my him. coworker. He's my coworker <gasps> in the Believe, oh. Believe Podcast Network. Oh no, actually, I think I did know that. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, so there there like have been inappropriate text messages. Um, oh, you should have seen him at the Christmas party. Uh, ha ha ha. He's, he's kidding. And I feel like I need to clarify that for the podcast audience. That was sarcastic. Um, we are, I mean, we are, we are coworkers. No, you, I actually, I did see that he had a podcast um, <laughs> on your network. However, a ton of problems with that situation. I will just leave it at that. The they did another season of football um, in Oakland. I want to say yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah, and the, that coach was good. Like I really that he was. I think that, they, okay. Is that coach feels like he wants to be there? That, yeah, like he he enjoys being there. I think East LA coach wants to be there. He just was making fifteen k in Los Angeles. Like what do you want him to do? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I again, I, I I'm not. I'm not sure what point I was trying to make, but it's just funny that all these coaches have like the same, Yeah, you know, I could, I could be doing this, but I'm, I'm choosing to do that. And but my I, point in response is my point in response is just, is just to say like, he is a 180 from the other coaches they've had. I know you see the similarities there, but like he is nothing like these other. He's crying. He's crying at the first practice you see him in. He starts crying. Well, like when he ran up the wall too, like mm-hmm. he, he's just a character. Um, and then they start laughing. He's like, so it's not funny. And he starts yeah. crying. I have, like, like, sh- I have a screenshot I have a, on my phone. He's like, he's, he's a good coach and he has their respect. You, you think, but, um, anyway, it's just, it's a, it's a wild practice. Uh, no, I think, I think it's fine. It's cool. Yeah. I will it say the nice. only, the, I, I don't want to get to the end because it, the season ends with COVID. Like I was Hoping yeah. they shot this two years ago, but I was wrong. They didn't. But um, that, that what what you really care about is what to see where the kids go. Like that's the whole re, that's the whole purpose. That's the payoff of watching last year too. For sure. But then it's really disappointing because you realize like it's the it's the real life implications of COVID where you see like these kids could have made an NCAA or NCAA like a it's yeah. The, but they, they could have made a tournament run that could have propelled them to a better offer somewhere else. Miss Lindsay, they get an extra year of eligibility. So it's a, it's a win-win. Oh, yeah. so then they're coming back. Yeah. I mean, there's so certain things. It just, it, extra it was, win. again, it's like, it's like the impacts of COVID are inescapable and I wish that we could escape them in our entertainment, but here we are watching all these kids be like, Oh, playoffs, like the countdown. It's funny because they don't use the dates. They don't say like January 20th, 2020. They don't say that they, they say 48 days till playoffs. Like that's the timestamp of the show. And I know that they made that choice to not say that it was 2020, yeah, because if you saw the date, but I think it's interesting because I want to see what it's like March 8th, 2020, you know, March 10th, 2020. Like, I want to know where we are in terms of like 
where are we getting to? It was I, March see, I don't. 12. We're going to have plenty of that. There's going to be so many COVID documentaries. Uh, I'm good with not having that. You, you know, I, I understand what you're saying, but there's going to be just I, overkill COVID documentaries. I don't want so any. I don't, I, I don't need it here. No, 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 no. I don't want any COVID documentaries. I want us to never. Someone made a joke about like the Spanish flu was never, or maybe it's not a joke. Spanish, Spanish flu was never referenced in literature in the in the 20s because everyone just wanted to forget it. Like that's where I am. I don't want any COVID anywhere in any of so my. So you stuff. mean, so you're, saying, you mean, you need the in date the con- in terms. I want the context. Of like, of like what regular college basketball is usually doing by March 7th or something? No, I want the COVID context for this because I know it's COVID. If we could just remove... No, see, I disagree. I don't want any COVID I until I think you need the context. No, we disagree there. But I want the I want no COVID matters. until... All, no, I, I obviously it matters that it ended, but I want no COVID until, boom, we hit a wall and it's like, oh my God, COVID, damn. But that's the thing. COVID wasn't a wall. It was like March 1st, first case, March 2nd, yeah. first death. March. You need like the little things. It I, wasn't a wall. It was a gradual thing. And so I want to know, like okay. they're going to have to address it when we get there. But like these no. guys being like, hey, it's happening in Seattle. Do you think it's ever going to come to LA? Like they're going to have to address that stuff. I Let's just leave it at, I side with the decision makers of Last Chance You to keep it to keep it, uh, to shade in that part of it. So we will leave it at that. And that's what it is. We are marching toward a very sad ending of the show. I hope everyone is okay. What is your third recommendation? Uh, it's a show. It can't, it's, uh, it dropped domestically like two weeks ago. It's gotten a ton of love overseas. Uh, it's called another round. Have you heard of it? No. It's called, it's with Mads Mikkelsen. If you don't know who Mads Mikkelsen, he's been like the Danish bad guy in every movie in the last 10 to 15 years. What's it on? Uh, It is on Hulu right now for free. It says comedy. It's not a comedy. It's definitely like a drama with some funny parts to it. Subtitles, obviously. It's about these four middle-aged dudes. They all work at a school. The, uh, The main dude, Mads, is his life is boring and he's a history teacher and his he's growing distant with his wife his kids don't respect him and he's looking in the mirror and he's like he thinks he's super boring and what happens is they go to this uh dinner because it's what it's this core group of four dudes is one is having their birthday and they're drinking and he's not drinking and they're like poo-pooing him for not drinking because one guy read uh, some philosopher believes that maximum human potential is reached at 0.05 blood alcohol level. Like people are more conversational. People are braver. People are, you know, more open to listen to different ideas. Unlike you listening to some, uh, production idea, you just refuse to listen to it. Maybe if you had a glass of red, you'd be a little bit more open, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, and so they, they make this pack They're They all get breathalyzers and they're going to try to go through the day at 0.05 blood alcohol level. And you can see where it goes from there. It starts out great. A couple of guys kind of blow it. Uh, it's it's really interesting. It's it's different. It's I mean, going to take, it's a foreign film. So it's going to take you like 15, 20 minutes to get the rhythm of it and get the rhythm of the subtitles. But uh, it's, it's, a, it's a fun watch. What language? Did you say that? It's in Danish. Okay. We've put, this is a lot of like, is this our third? We had, um, Bear Town is is Swedish. What? Oh, uh, the head. The head had some. 
Yeah, but the head's mostly too. Anglo. It's pretty much yeah. all Anglo. All right. So we're just recommending all the the foreign uh, foreign stuff from over there. What's that region called? Norwe- Norwegian Scandinavia. Sweden. Thank you. I could not come up with that word. Um, all right. The Scandinavian content is is rich here. So yeah, I don't know. Sounds interesting enough. Also sounds kind of miserable, but um, like the act of doing that would be miserable, but sounds sounds like it's a uh, worth a watch anything mm-hmm. else on that yeah the reason they're not putting the date is because they don't want you to be thinking about the looming covid they want you to just and i don't see how you don't get that okay we're not going to agree on this we'll see you next week